everyone and welcome to the podcast you're listening to Aiden here I'm just doing a little intro to the podcast I'm sitting here in my apartment in Mullingar as I do this this podcast was recorded uh, a couple of Mondays ago and we were chatting to our good friend Rosh McCafferty we've also added in some intro and outro music to help make the sound a little bit more professional a little bit easier to listen to um, the reason that we're doing an intro and an outro is me and Stephen record the podcasts on a Monday and then we listen to them on maybe a day or two later and if there's anything we felt that we missed or something maybe that was taken out of context or needed more context that we would either do it in the outro or the intro. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to let you listen to some of our funky music and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Everybody and welcome to episode three of Soul Bruce Podcast. Um, this podcast is called "Give Me a Rub," <laughs> and oh, wow. today uh, we're joined by our good friend Roshan McCafferty, who has an undergrad in health science and physiology, and also an undergrad degree in physiotherapy. Yeah, and she loves giving rubs. That's what I heard. <laughs> I don't know if it's factual. <laughs> my favorite thing to do <laughs> so what we're going to do is of course talk about our coffee first so i am currently drinking a shack coffee um i am a big fan of the shack very biased i did work there for a couple of years um, and i am drinking their espresso blend which is a colombian costa rican and guatemalan mixed bean i think um, and i do love it where can people find the shack the Shack is found at Marble Hill Beach, or you can go on shackcoffee.ie. Very good. <laughs> we plugged there now. <laughs> uh, so the three of us are quite similar in the sense that we have all sort of some sort of background in health and well-being. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you want am me I to, talking to myself here? Or? <laughs> do you want me to list our my credentials as well? well no. Russian, you may have two degrees, but I also have two degrees. Russian. You must have about five now. That's the same. I don't. I'm counting them up, yeah. Forever at college. Russian is definitely probably the most academic in her approach to health, I'd say, compared to me anyway. Like, I don't have a degree. But yeah. I, no, I have an extended diploma in sports science and personal training and physio. Or not physio, uh, <laughs> fitness instructing. Oh, yeah. I suppose Russian yours is very specialised yeah. in terms of physio. Yeah. I probably wouldn't agree with that I'm not the most qualified or I'm the most Academic-y. academic. Because, like, Stephen here is doing a research master's, so... Yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, that's... But anyway, <laughs> nice. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no. But, so, what we want to talk about maybe is just trying an accumulation of health and well-being between the three of us. Uh, but we're going to focus on Russian and... Maybe you can explain to people what is physiotherapy and why do people need physiotherapy? Yeah, I suppose, um, look, I started this journey a long time ago and whenever I started or whenever I wanted to start, I thought I'm going to be working with elite athletes. That's where I want to work. On the side of Old Trafford running onto the pitch. With <laughs> that's it, that's it. So I thought that's where my dream was and I quickly, I suppose, understood that I, that's not what I was going to be doing. Um, and a physio once told me, uh, what physio is is maximizing the body's physical potential through the medium of movement so that's what I like doing you're not going to get everybody 100% better but you're going to use movement to try and help them so 
have a big passion in exercise and um, physical activity and trying to promote that as much through my profession as possible. Um, so I suppose that's where my interest lies. A lot of people think physio is hands-on treatment, <laughs> which can be very difficult at times. Is that why you love giving rubs? Love giving rubs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize that actually by being physically active and exercising that, that helps your, I suppose, physical and um, mental health, not just your, yeah, your injuries. So if I'm Jimmy down the road and I've done, done my hamstring in and I come to you and ask you for a, a rub, what's, what's the first thing you do? I'm probably not going to give it to you. <laughs> it's probably the first thing. I'll take my business elsewhere. <laughs> Which is often people don't like hearing that, to yeah. be fair. You know, like I've had several patients in the last couple of weeks, you know, come in and be like, I want real physio. And I ask them, you know, what, what is real physio to you? You know, I try and demyth things a little bit. So a lot of people think it's the manual therapy, it's the hands-on treatment, but actually evidence would suggest that it's the exercise-based stuff. So... At first, I'll always listen to the patient, listen to what they have to say, you know, try and figure out what they understand is what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then use, I suppose, my knowledge and my experience and a little bit of evidence-based reading around it to try and inform them. Because I think actually 80% of treating people is the education. So educating them, making them understand why does this hurt, what can help them, how they can help themselves. I'm massive into trying, you know, self, like, self-management of conditions and stuff like that so you don't have to keep coming back to me the first thing that's jumping to my mind there now is people probably don't want to do that no nope. people just want you to put them up on a bed and give them a massage and out the door and have their hamstring fixed again yeah and look i was that person too i'm being an athlete you want to be you know better or even being an average person you want to be better <laughs> that's a very off you had there sorry <laughs> <laughs> not Wait, can we just? She didn't just call herself an athlete there as well. Let's not just go over that. She, yeah, we forgot to mention at the start that Roisin does play for County Donegal. It's mm. off topic. Off topic, but she is an athlete. But yeah, so like, how do you deal with people that then in that instance that like they don't want to hear that stuff? They just want like strapped up or something, or that has to be very frustrating. It is frustrating. It's frustrating for the patient or the client as well, you know, but it's the education is the background of it all, to be honest. It's making them understand and giving them realistic time frames. You know what? I think you'll be, you know, you'll be good to go in three weeks, four weeks, or if it's a case, if it's a kind of long-term thing, you know, it might be 12 weeks, it might be six months, but if you give them that realistic time frame at the start, helps a lot. And if you educate them as to why they're sore, but also hear what, like, some of the mad things that people come out with that they think are wrong with them is just crazy because they've gone to Dr. Google, you know, and it comes up with the worst case scenario. So actually trying to educate them on or trying to make them understand it a little bit more. I use models, I use videos, I use loads of different things to try and make them understand it. Where, where do you think the myths, is it, is it, is it that physiotherapy has progressed? Was, was rubbing a thing back in the day that tend to be done or is like <laughs> I just want to rub okay someone rub me <laughs> no I just like where it do you think stem from somewhere yes yeah okay. where does the myths come from 100% it used to be back in the day it used to be all manual therapy it used to be using electrotherapy whereas then things aren't even present anymore you know because actually research has got much better and a much stronger research has got as well over the years so I think we now have the evidence and 
I suppose time and money's gone into to try and figure out what's the best way to try and help people. And for me, I worked in weight management for about 10 or 12 months of my career. It's specialized kind of thing. And that's just promoting physical activity. And actually, if you can get the uh, population 10% more active, that could be five minutes more active, then that'll help loads of different health consequences. So that's where my passion lies. But I think the I suppose come back to your question properly. Sorry, Stephen, I'm way off here. Um, I think it's come from years, like it's way back, but I think what's helping move it in the right direction or what's helping us try and move it is evidence-based practice. So you're looking at the research that's been done all over the world that's trying to improve that a little bit, you know. But it is hard because the first thing people do is they go to Google. I've got a sore elbow. Holy God, you could come up. You have worst case scenario, you know. Cut it off. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Didn't really need that arm anyway. <laughs> Waste of time. You know what? A patient came in to me last week that said, my back pain is because the doctor didn't diagnose me soon enough. I've got arthritis in my back because the doctor didn't. You need to try and demyth all that kind of stuff, mm. you know. Um, so you're not only working with people physically, then you're also working with people's assumptions and beliefs about pain mm. and about themselves and why they're sore yeah and pain is like a really complex thing it's not it's so multifactorial that there's so many bits to it it's not just a case of i hit my foot here and it's sore you know so it's not just nerve endings telling you that you're sore it's not especially long-term pain can you get yourself to a point that you can tell yourself that you're sore and you're not actually sore can you create pain in your head yeah as such physical pain yeah 100 percent. like i remember whenever i didn't enjoy going to the gym to be honest what was the last thing i wanted to do and if i had a gym session planned for the evening guaranteed every single day my hamstring would be sore that i was going Start to getting the gym tight or because yeah because yeah, mentally i didn't want to do it in the first place okay so it's trying to change that narrative with people how do you figure out then, so say Jimmy is coming down the road and he has a sore hamstring, how do you figure out that the hamstring is either damaged or actually needs physio or this guy has perceived himself to be sore but he's not sore at all? And how, sorry, hold on, how do you <laughs> tell him that? Like how do you tell someone actually you're making this up? Yeah, It's not a case of making it up because the likelihood is they've had a pain at some stage but it's how they've dealt with the pain or how the t- pain's progressed and that can happen if someone has a really stressful period in their life and say you go over your ankle and it's sore at the time you've obviously injured that ankle but in general our body has an amazing ability to heal itself so you know three six nine months down the line your body should have healed itself you know but Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen because maybe people haven't addressed the issue that that happened in the first place and maybe they had a really stressful time so then there's a mental aspect coming into it they could have a disorder that maybe they don't heal as well. You know, there's loads of different things. So it's not just as simple as I'm seeing you, you've hurt your ankle, I'm fixing that ankle. Majority of the time, there's a mental aspect to it. But how you figure that out is you're taking the history of them, you're figuring out what their beliefs are and you're trying to address all of that at once, you know. If there's someone listening to this now that has a pain or sore and they're not 100% sure, is there anything that they can do at home that would be like figuring out if they're actually sore or not? Yeah, I think, look, you, as I said, it's so multifactorial that it's just not one thing. Like, you need to figure out when is this sore, how is it sore, what happened maybe in the first place. But as well, if you're not sure, go to your GP or go to your physio and get them to have a look at it. And, you know, see, they'll be able to tell you if they think, do you know what, do you need a scan? Do you need, is it okay? They might just give you a bit of reassurance. A lot of patients, I just give reassurance to and they make really good recoveries because actually 
they're like, oh, do you know what? I can walk on this ankle, whereas it's been a bit sore for the last three months whenever I have walked on it, but I'm actually not doing any more damage. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you've changed the narrative in their head because they don't think they're doing damage anymore. So that helps them, you know? So it's given a bit of reassurance and education, I think, is the main driver. And as I said, if we can get people a little bit more physically active, then that helps. I have a lady who didn't leave the house. This is the lady I had in the last week. Didn't leave the house, um, struggled mentally. She'd be very open about that. So I just sat down and I'm like, what do you want to work on? Like, what do you think? I was like, do you think can you increase your maybe walking a little bit, even if it's just around the house? So we set a goal of five minutes a day. She came back to me last week and she says, I'm walking 20 minutes a day, mm-hmm. feeling so much better, positive outlook. And you know, now last week we talked about instead of talking about okay setting more goals we talked about okay what if there's a relapse how do we deal with that so it's mm. i'm very much in the line of i'm not just dealing with what's the name of that thing we talked about before it's the uh, change of stages of change stages of model. change yeah so yeah that's something that we very health promotion aspect where like if you've well six stages i think isn't it yeah, is contemplation a, <clears throat> so it's pre-contemplation yeah. means you have no interest yeah. in changing and you have contemplation and then you have action, which is the hardest step, I think, for a lot of people is just because you can, a lot of people know that they're doing something which is bad for them. Yeah. And don't kind of, yeah. <laughs> like it's just maybe not knowing what to do or when to do it and then action and then you've It's like smoking or something like that mm. there. Like people, a lot of people don't. It's yeah. behavior change yeah. at the end of the day. We would yeah. have done that massively actually with weight management. It wasn't yeah. looking at look, people go on diets and all that kind of stuff, but that's, you know, that's not realistic or that's not long-term change. So you try and change a small behavior, but there's a lot of people would have come into our program, would have been in it for six months, actually weren't progressing. And we just say, you know what, it's okay. It's just not the right time for you Mm -hmm. because they were in that Mm pre-contemplation or maybe contemplation phase. We've had a lot of conversations about weight management and... Yeah. It's an interesting... It's a funny one, yeah, because if they're like... When I was PT and stuff, like I went on and did my course in like life coaching and stuff because I was getting clients and I was getting nowhere with them, yeah. you know, and I was doing all all of the textbook things to try and get them to lose weight or whatever. But like when you dug deep enough, it was their emotional state and they just weren't ready to be in a place to kind of lose and weight, I think. Or like from listening to that from being PT and physio, like do you have much training on how to deal with person's mental sort of state or their frame of mind like is that are you taught on how to help someone get over a mindset thing or is it just something you've developed and learned yourself for me it's definitely something i've developed and learned you know but there is there's a lot of my colleagues whenever i worked in liverpool would have gone on and done like cbt courses and stuff like that there and but it's definitely stuff i would have done like double sessions with psychologists and stuff like that and to try and help me progress and I think I actually use this trick in you and it's one thing that I would say to anybody that's listening. If you have something that you want to change or a behavior, maybe it's your weight, maybe it's your physical activity, maybe it's your diet, whatever it is, don't try and change everything at once. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I said this to you last yeah. week, Aidan. I says, pick that, one yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm falling into it because I'm, I'm working a lot at the moment and I'm not training and I'm not getting into the water and I'm not eating the way I want to eat. And it's like, Roshan, I was just chatting to Roshan about it when I was going down the road. And she was like, just pick one of them this week and focus on that. And the funny thing is, even though you're a coach yourself or have coached, you mm. still need someone else just to say, mm. do this this week. So like last week, I actually got all my training sessions in. So this week, hopefully like 
I'll get training and something else in or whatever and start yeah, everything all at once. Actually, yeah, I was speaking to a friend of mine about that recently as well. So a book that I read that's really good for that is Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. I don't know if any of you've read it, where it's just talks okay. like habit stacking. In that mm-hmm. instance, once you've got one good habit, nailed down. Or even, it doesn't have to be any. So, say if you want to become a bit more mobile, like say you have a sore hip or whatever it is, and like you probably brush your teeth every day, hopefully. Um, so like that's like not two, twice a day yeah yeah <laughs> hopefully that's that's two three minutes there where you could like actually do the exercises like mm-hmm. when you're doing it or like and you're not affecting your day you don't have to set aside time or else just do it like straight after or stuff like because a friend of mine's trying to get up earlier and like i've done it before where i've worked on trying to get up early and you know and gone from getting up at nine to getting up at seven or and half you're six wrecked three days later and you the first day you're like oh, i'm class and yeah then <laughs> three days later you're like oh my god i can't do this yeah, I need to sleep and in. then you go yeah. back to start whereas if you literally so that i taught myself this basically about nah, six months where i get up now fairly early most days but i started by just putting my alarm clock back 10 minutes and doing that for a week and then getting used to that and then 10 minutes again. so it's just that same and sort of we talk about this as well when your alarm goes off you're up and out aren't you are you two minutes you give yourself two minutes is it <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you want to go very specific <laughs> uh, two just alarms give, give me a rope <laughs> <laughs> I have two alarms one is a radio clock so that goes off first which is a bit of music and it goes off one minute before my phone alarm and my phone is on the other side of the room and it's a really annoying noise so I have to get up and turn it off because it's horrendous noise so, yeah, so I have to get out of bed but, so that's but I guess what, what I'm trying to get at there is there's no point in setting your alarm 10 minutes earlier if you're no. going to snooze for another 9 no. you know so like you're up when your alarm goes off oh, you're up, up yeah. and out of your bed yeah. and yeah. I think just going back to what you said there Stephen it's something I use with clients all the time is that try and work it into your day to do your exercises or whatever you know a lot of people think and it goes back to weight management again I need to go and do 30 minutes of exercise or, ex- mm-hmm. or exercise isn't worth it so many people that I've just said, you know what, you go for five minutes or two minutes, one minute, one minute is better than, one minute walk around the house is better than no minutes. Because the chances are you're not going to do one minute. Yeah, you'll you probably do more. You know, you're going to do more. Like that woman you just said, you said five minutes walk and she's t- come back and she's doing 20. And it's building habits, it's picking something small that's achievable. So you nearly laughing at the, I know we talked about goals before and stuff and how they can be good and bad or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's picking a goal that seems so laughable, achievable that you think, of course I can achieve that. I'm going to, I'm going to make that because then if you achieve that goal, that gives you a sense of achievement. And then if you have a sense of achievement, you feel more motivated Mm -hmm. and it's all a cycle that, you know, is positively like you're pushing. Give me think back to PT days and like when I was doing consultations and it was a client who was mad to get going and like wanted to train three four times a week and i was like they're the ones that i was always weary of mm. and it was a client who came in who was quieter and a bit more conservative and was like well look let's just try one or two sessions a week ended up probably being with me for a long time and getting a lot more out of me than the person who was held for leather again it's going from like no exercise to like four 60 minute bouts of exercise a week and and flooring yourself and it's not sustainable no it's just a crash is going to it's occur. sustainable as you said it's like thinking long term if you think if you're making a change can you look at yourself in five years time and think i'm gonna i'm gonna to continue do to do that, that? Yeah. you know a lot of people mm-hmm. say well i'm not gonna eat chocolate anymore if they go out or they're going to date i'm not eating chocolate i'm not eating crisps 
is it likely that you're never going to eat a piece of chocolate again you know you're trying to avoid extreme behavior really aren't yeah. you and trying to just build it in slowly rather than it's well, quite like a holistic lifestyle approach like not doing drastic stuff like cutting that's it i'm off carbs mm-hmm. it's like where did you see this <laughs> yeah why are you doing this why like, would you oh, cut out a delicious food group like that what is rampage said this bread? <laughs> um yeah. speaking of holistic so anyone that doesn't know russian russian's got quite into the more well-being side of health i'd say is a fair comment to make yeah. um which we all can have actually but apart from now like so we've talked a little bit about the academics or not the academics but the more structured approach what about the more holistic things that you do for yourself now that you think you'd like to pass on to people or what do you what works for you specifically yeah i suppose i from whenever i came back traveling like been away traveling i've definitely changed my mindset do you, do you travel the world no, did you? I, I went snorkeling in borneo uh, snor- <laughs> sorry tell us it. What what? You did you no. hear that in? Uh, okay there's people listening to this so russian has <laughs> done extensive traveling which he likes to remind us about in every conversation always <laughs> so we give her a dig but no go on continue so um, you did travel and you yeah, learned a lot i learned a lot i know what's pure cliche that oh I went traveling and I found myself or whatever but I definitely came back with a different mindset whenever I was traveling I think just appreciating the small things so like I haven't lived at home properly maybe in about 10 years and this is my first year at home and and I'm absolutely loving it but that's because I use the sea to be honest or Mm -hmm. I use the grounding approach you know I try and get into the water as often as possible if I don't get into for anyone that doesn't know what grounding is can you go a little bit deeper into that for you or what it is i can say it for me i can't say it for everybody else but for me it's just actually been able to connect with the earth a little bit and it gives me i suppose it's a little bit of time of mindfulness really and and breathing where i'm just sitting there i'm just concentrating the feel of the grass between or you know at the bottom of my feet or the sounds that are around me or if i'm in the sea it's the sand in my feet and the feel of the water the and coldness of the water yeah yeah and practicing my breathing you know it's a big thing that that's why i love the water because you get in and it's really cold and the sooner you can regulate your breathing the better you know the, the more you'll enjoy it so at that stage that's me concentrating i suppose it's kind of either a meditation for me or a mindfulness for me which i just find so powerful personally so that's one of the things that I definitely do. Um, look, from football, I was always looking at performance. I wanted to perform. I used to beat myself up if I didn't perform. Now I take a different approach to it where actually I just do as much things that are in my power and my control to make me as good as possible. And if I don't, not if I don't perform, but say I don't get playing then or things don't go my way. Well, actually, do you know what? In my head, I've, my tick box exercise that I've done, my nutrition, my hydration, I've trained well done everything it just didn't work out that day so i can leave things set whereas i used to stew a lot more on mm-hmm. them so i have a different mm-hmm. mindset and as well it's maybe not the right thing to say but you know it's not the be all and end all nobody died if we lose a football match or if things didn't go well in the football yeah. field for me you know so i have a lot better relationship maybe with exercise and football and stuff like that than i've ever had but i've just more I became a little bit selfish for me, I suppose, that I put myself first in a lot of situations compared to I used to be coming home and trying to run and please everybody. Mm-hmm, Whereas mm-hmm. I very much don't. I spend time with the people I really want to spend time with that I suppose add or have similar kind of values to myself. And I do things that I enjoy doing instead of doing things to please other people. Mm-hmm. Stephen, same question back to you. I'm going to put you on the spot there now. You did, yeah. Um, I was just Well-being saying, things that you do for yourself, or just one. So we talked about grounding with Roshin. It's interesting, Roshin, saying that a lot of the same stuff 
I do and something that I've been reading up on lately is like um, the blue zones stuff. I think we might actually do an episode on that part on a, on a podcast, but about those that live longest and healthiest lives. That's right. I and a lot that. of the stuff that Russian is saying there are the stuff that people that live the longest and healthiest lives tend to do. So like connect with earth um, and like that's something that I do as well. So um, I did a splash a day in May there. I'm sure everyone knows about it that <laughs> follows me because I post it every day. And did you? I did, yeah. Jeez, I didn't wrong. know that. No, no guys, there's people <laughs> who will listen to this that haven't, that don't know no, this. No, so. But uh, I did a splash a day in May and raised money for charity and stuff. But um, that was something that I was actually doing anyway for a kind of few weeks before that with you guys. And um, there's a lot of things like, like I was saying about habit stacking. I think it's holistic approach where being physically active my managing my diet um, I've haven't drank alcohol in a long time which I'm feeling good for at the moment um, diet and light like lifestyle sleep as well is another massive thing I read a book there around just before Christmas time about uh, sleep and like a lot of the points in what it, was the name of the book uh, why we sleep okay Matthew Walker I think or something but um but give us give us one thing now that you think. Just one thing on that was just. Or what one thing that you do that's more holistic rather than scientific, maybe or. Oh, what do you well, mean? there is science behind grounding as well, actually. But yeah, well, the, I to be honest, but, I only really do stuff that's there's science yeah. behind it, because you get a lot of fluff out there and trying to go through that. And luckily, I'm because I'm studying at, and my topic is diet and lifestyle. I'm reading a lot about the science of it. So like the sleeping, getting the sleep, same sleep rhythm, mm-hmm. going to bed at the same time, up at the same time, how, how much energy it gives you and better for your memory and sort of working and stuff. And then um, diet, just all that stuff is just, I'm like constantly working on it. And I do feel if I go a week where stuff goes off a bit, um, it affects me. So I do a lot of like um, working on gratitude bit of journaling yeah that's something meditation cool. yeah talk to me more about the journaling uh so journaling is something I just i did so it's funny i did it when i was traveling and i thought it was really good but then i just stop and every time i come home and then i'll do it again when i'm traveling and then i realize that it actually helps throughout any time and it's mm-hmm. not about it's not like a diary it's just more like I'll write down a few things i'm grateful for over the past day or um you know just one little anecdote from the day before and what it means and and it's written down on paper written down on paper yeah I find that helps for me yeah do you uh, do it at like the end of the day or the start of the day morning you usually do it in the morning and if someone hasn't journaled before and they're listening to this how do they go about starting to journal or um, so a, a friend of mine bought me like a it's called like a man's journal <laughs> <laughs> so manly but it's uh, it's got like leading questions on it so okay. you can answer them so there's loads of different kinds of ones i'm sure out there yeah um but you just really need pen and paper and literally you can google even leading leading questions and kind of just write the question down and then answer it so some of it will be like what's your feelings on this or how do you feel about that or blah blah um and then i just sort of answer it for myself i'm not really showing it on or giving it yeah yeah it's for yourself and it just the gratitude part as well even more importantly that feeling of gratitude puts you in such a good mood and like are you doing journaling and gratitude together? Like, yeah, okay, doing it together. So, um, like three things I'm grateful for, and then another little bit of journal part. How long do you spend on that per day? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Maybe. Ten minutes. Can early in the morning and ten minutes meditation. 
it's my morning routine yeah. at the moment so about 20 minutes I usually have it with a coffee as well lovely, <laughs> num, num, lovely. Num. and I think that writing down as well like there a couple of weeks ago mentally I was slightly struggling like and I just thought you know what I'm going to write this down I'm going to write a few bits down here and it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders I mm-hmm. felt so much better after it and it wasn't for anybody to see or anybody to look at but it was to get I suppose my thoughts out of my head onto a piece of paper or you know whether you go and chat to something I just think the power of writing things down as well and the and gratitude yeah. yeah and the gra- and sometimes you look I know I talked to you last year whenever you were journaling you look back at it after a few days and you think oh my god my thoughts were maybe a bit manic there or uh, what's going on you know after you kind of reflect on it and I think that's in all walks of life once you reflect on things you can kind of pick up okay what went well what didn't go so well what can I improve on and yeah. how could I act differently or how could I act the same you know I think journaling's a really like powerful thing to do as well I don't yeah. do it I as don't often, do it either but I think once I do do it I feel the value of it I don't as much journal at the end of the day I write my diary what I've done that day if my hydration went well my diet went well so I suppose it is a form but it's only a bullet point form mm, for yeah, me and that's it it's something like and as well in sport I reflect on my thing I write down four things that went well in a training and four things that I can improve on and that's something that mentally a friend actually of ours Daniel McGonagall gave me the mm. heads up with that I met him I wasn't enjoying sport and I met him and I was like how can I get back to loving the game that I love like because um, I was pulling this through my week or whatever and he was like try this and it's just changed it's worked for you yeah it's massively so changed. you could nearly you could transfer that over to if people are listening to this that don't play sport it's like four things that went well during the day for them and four things that mm-hmm. didn't or yeah. yeah you know and, and what they could work on and i like i do something like that before i fall asleep it's like three good things that happened and maybe one thing that i caught but myself that, that is journaling you said yeah. you didn't do it but you do uh, well yeah i don't physically write it down i do it in my head yeah and it's that gratitude as well i think that's yeah. that's powerful mm. as well because if you either end your day or start your day on on that positive note of gratitude you know what i'm grateful for this, this yeah and this. regardless it, of yeah. yeah it definitely helps i think set the tone for your day or mm-hmm. set yeah. the tone for your sleep I think we should continue Sorry. to set the tone with the podcast and ask the listeners what they do holistically. Yeah. Put it back to the people. Um, you'll get us where, Stephen, with their holistic approaches to life. Where? Where are we going? <laughs> you'll get us on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Soul oh, Brew Podcast. Our email address is soulbrewpodcast at gmail.com. Com, dot com. Mm-hmm. And Facebook. That's Soul Brew Podcast. Yeah. It's all there. Um, do you have any to add to what we were saying? No, I'm quite happy your... with. Yeah, I'm happy with that. And just to sort of wrap it up, like from what I learned, got from you there, Russian, was just about how it all connects together. Um, and I feel the same. And through my studies and through my own personal experience, I feel like it all um, combines together. And don't try to do it all together. Yeah. Work on little bits every now and then. Yeah. Add it and build it up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much for having me on. Thank you very much for. Thank all you. Your... Community star. Yeah. Community star. Community star. Community and county star. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Catch us on the next uh, episode. Yeah. Which we don't know what we're talking about yet. Peace and love. Peace and love. Hello, all you lovely people. I hope you enjoyed that podcast with our friend Roshin and with our new music. I'm still sitting here in my apartment in Mullingar because that podcast was recorded a couple of Mondays ago and I'm trying to figure out how to add in the music and to add in an intro and an outro to line up with it. 
You'd think it's as easy as hitting the record button and the stop button, but it's not. And I always give my friends, uh, my technology friends, a really hard time about this kind of work. But by God, it's footry stuff. Anyway, uh, if you like the podcast, please share the podcast or send it on to a friend who you think might benefit from it. You'll find us on Soul Brew Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So give us a wee like and a wee share and all that good stuff. And we hope we chat to you very, very soon.